Hello, and welcome to this special podcast by Western New York Catholic Audio. I'm Michael Mrosiak, Senior Communications Specialist for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. What you have just heard was some of the sounds from the Martin Luther King Memorial Mass held January 15, 2023, at St. Martin de Porras Church in Buffalo. February marks Black History Month, and to mark this month, this podcast episode will explore Black Catholics within the Diocese of Buffalo and in America. Here to discuss this with me are Sister Roberta Fulton of the Sisters of St. Mary Namur and the Office of Cultural Diversity at the Diocese of Buffalo, and Dr. Althea Porter, Renewal Learning and Development Coordinator for the Diocese of Buffalo. Welcome. Hello. How are you today, Michael? I am well. Yourself? Good morning. Thank you. And good morning, Sister. And uh, we're here to have this discussion because the Black Catholic population is, is... relatively small, uh, an estimated 23% of the population in the United States identifies as, as Roman Catholic. Um, there are an estimated 3 million black Catholics in the United States. Uh, that makes up 6% of the African-American population and represents only 4% of American Catholics. Uh, the, the numbers are not big, but here in Western New York and, and across the United States, the numbers may be small, but that does not mean that the impact is minimal. It's small, but, you know, I think often about uh, black Catholics and how they came to this country. Uh, Some people think that we are just converts, but if you trace the history back, the enslaved people were Catholic, and they brought with them their traditions, and they lived lives under the direction of beliefs about the Catholic Church. Here in Buffalo, we see that happening from the earliest days. Uh, There used to be about 12 or more black Catholic parishes in Buffalo. Now there are maybe three that we would consider predominantly African-American. And black Catholics have played a really important role in telling our stories. We have some painful history. We have times when we were not at the front of the church, and we had times when we were segregated, but the faith kept black Catholics going, and especially here in this diocese of Buffalo. There were men and women who believed that the presence of black Catholics was important, still is important, those many elders on whose shoulders we have stood. Dr. Porter, maybe you would speak a minute to that about some of the black Catholics here in Buffalo. Yes, some of the black uh, Catholics here in in the Buffalo Diocese, people are not aware of the significant contribution of actually Father Baker, um, the person um, we still pray for his canonization. As many African-American Catholics fled the South because of Jim Crow, uh, they migrated to many northern cities. And of course, Buffalo, New York, and Lackawanna were places as an attraction because of the steel mills and the other industries. So um, oftentimes, occasionally, you might hear a story or two about some African Americans who actually had um, an experience with Father Baker and have an experience becoming a convert or continue on with their Catholicism because of their association with Father Baker 
and other communities like Father Baker's at the time. Now today, um, African American Catholics, uh, they continue on because of their faith um, in the Catholic tradition. And many people um, in the Diocese of Buffalo now are aware of St. Martin de Porres, founded in, I believe, 1993. Am I correct? Yes. Sister Roberta? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. So they continue on the tradition of black Catholicism with the type of worshiping where you would um, ordinarily hear um, gospel music in the black tradition. I was in attendance for the Martin Luther King Mass uh, earlier this year, and, and I saw it and I heard it for myself. It was probably one of the most vibrant mm -hmm. and exciting and, and beautiful Masses I, I had attended in a long, long time. There were a lot of elements of, of a Gospel Mass. Uh, some of the parishioners were getting up uh, yes. midway through, through the hymns. Uh, at the presentation of the gifts, there was a, a group that was delivering the gifts and, and singing an African chant. And it was just, if, if you've never been to the St. Martin de Porres Parish, it, it's worth your while to pay a visit. Absolutely so. And uh, I was here when the church was built. It was the first African-American church built in the Diocese of Buffalo. Father Rod Brown was uh, the pastor, very instrumental in having that done. And uh, he wrote a book uh, that tells the history of uh, Buffalo and all of that. He was the vicar for the Office of Black Catholics. Um, and I think that leads into what you were saying, what fuels the passion of this small group of African-American Catholics. It's the liturgy. Back when Father Rivers started to embrace the Catholic Church with our sense of worship, that we are a people who worship with body, mind, and spirit. Our spirituality has been talked about so much by Father Cyprian Davis in his book, Black Catholics in the United States. There is so much that gives us that fuel that promotes the coming forth and being leaders and being at the table. Black Catholics are only 6% in the United States, but we choose Catholicism, because we are Catholic at its roots. When Catholics think about that word, it means oneness, a unity, all of God's people coming together. And I remember when the black bishops first wrote their pastoral brothers and sisters to us, they invited black Catholics to share your gifts of blackness with the church. The Pope also invited us to enrich the Catholic Church with our gifts of blackness. We choose to be Catholics because we have gifts to share. We are baptized because we have been enriched by the schools that taught us. Evangelization was a very important part of our life and continues to be. We hear sometimes that there are black Catholics leaving the church. And you say, why? The plight is almost as it is across the other races of people. Some people uh, have gotten tired. Some of our elders have passed away. Our youth are still looking for a space, a way. And we as elders, we have to strengthen them. We have to carry them forth in that venture to share our gift of being black 
and authentically Catholic. And this is nothing new. This is not just uh, blacks becoming Catholics upon arriving in, in North America. The Catholic Church has always had a presence going back centuries yes. back in Africa. And as a matter of fact, today, um, almost 20% of Africans identify as Catholic. And, it's, and again, it's not a new phenomenon. It's one of the uh, places in the world where the faith is is growing the fastest. Um, as you know, young black uh, men and women here in America, if they're, if they're looking to explore their heritage and, and, and celebrate their heritage, how is, is there a potential there to, um, for, for the Catholic Church to, to teach them that, listen, this, this is part of your heritage going all the way back uh, to, to the African continent? Yes, we've had some wonderful um, people. We know a notable historian, Father Cyprian Davis. He is one of the preeminent um, historians of African-American Catholics because he talks about our heritage and how uh, Catholicism was really something that uh, was transported to America through Africans. And so we know, and under many of us know and understand that tradition of our faith because of that. Uh, we also know that um, when we think about those of we call the saintly six mm -hmm. African-Americans yes. who are on the road to sainthood, I think of, I think of as an African-American Catholic woman, uh, a servant of God, Sister Thea Bowman, whom, whom passed away. She passed away in 1990, but she had a wonderful impact on helping many African-Americans like myself in my generation to understand about the gifts that I bring to the church because of my African-American uh, traditions. There's um, another book that I, I think is worth mentioning here about the role of black Catholics in, in the civil rights movement. It's called Subversive Habits. Yes. It was written by Shannon D. Williams, and it's, it's about black Catholic nuns who played a part in, um, in in the struggle in, in civil rights, um, ladies, if you could if you could talk about uh, about that book. Oh, I, I I'm I'm elated to talk about that book because being a member of the National Black Sisters Conference, we started with Dr. Williams coming to our joint conference and sharing with us the stories of Black women religious. You know there are predominantly African-American orders like the Oblate Sisters of Providence, the Handmaids of Mary out of Harlem, the Holy Family Sisters out of New Orleans. And um, uh, these women, their beginnings were um, filled with pain because the church did not accept African-American women into many congregations. And some had to disguise themselves as African-American to enter religious orders. So Shannon, in that book, she talks about how many of those sisters had to take um, menial jobs. They weren't educated. Uh, they were denied, or they were, even in those con convents, they were segregated against. Our founder of the National Black Sisters Conference, she herself, Patricia Gray, was a Mercy sister. and. Um, the Mercies uh, a few years ago did a, a kind of forgiveness of them for what the Mercies did to her. But the National Black Sisters Conference is alive and well. I am currently serving on the board, 
and I've been president of the National Black Sisters Conference uh, three times. And so, but it's our way of bringing the black sisters together. The black sisters, as you said, we were at the beginning of all of these um, civil rights movements when the clergy caucus came together and they petitioned the church to speak to issues of social justice and a racism and the leaders like Sister Antona Ebo, who was on the cover of Subversive Habits. She was in the March on Selma. And I, I've spent many days at many conferences with Sister Antona, as well as with Sister Thea. I knew Sister Thea personally. I was uh, at her funeral when she died. And um, she was just, as Dr. Althea mentioned, she was so vibrant and believing mm -hmm. that the pain and the sufferings kept the slaves going. So it must keep us going. And we must pass on that faith to our young people. Tell them the stories of people like Daniel Rudd. Tell them the stories of the National Black Catholic Congresses. And one is coming up this July 23rd. And we are encouraging our people from Buffalo to be part of this great movement and to continue the faith. Dr. Porter, you, you had mentioned um, Sister Ebo before we, we started this podcast. Um, she was among those that was on the bridge. Yes. Yes, she was on the Selma Bridge. And she and others like her, um, they helped me to understand the wonderful contributions that African-American Catholics have made to our country. And we can't forget Cardinal Gregory. Cardinal Gregory has been there from the beginning. I often uh, tease him and I say, I knew you when you were a baby priest. <laughs> because back in South Carolina, we had invited him so many times to come and speak with us. But he's committed. He's committed to the struggle. And as we say in the black community, he not only talked the talk, but he walked the walk. And he continues to do that as we're so proud of him being the first uh, black Catholic cardinal in the United States, from the United States. You're seeing history in our in our lifetime like yes. that. That's, that's a great achievement. Uh, yes. Dr. Porter. And I think yeah. that uh, Sister uh, Roberta is uh, understating herself, uh, but she was the one who inspired us to reestablish the St. Martin de Porres Council in Court 94, Knights of Peter and, and Ladies of Peter Claver here in Buffalo. And so what I am witnessing, I believe I'm witnessing a reinvigoration mm. um, in the church, especially with young people, because we now have the junior daughters of Peter Claver, and it's because of Sister Roberta. So I find that I am uh, helping and I'm making some kind of impact of helping young people to really understand uh, Catholic faith. Dr. Porter put together uh, some extensive notes here, which uh, I, I appreciate the, the background knowledge. One of, one of the things that jumps at me right here is um, whenever Western New Yorkers or any Catholics, they may, they may travel to, to Washington and they want to pay a visit to the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, mm -hmm. go to the Basilica, there is the Our Mother of Africa Chapel, one of many chapels on the inside. This one has been in place since August of, of 1997. I was wondering if you could uh, talk about uh, that particular chapel. Yes, I would like Sister Roberta to talk about it because she was there when they actually um, uh, had an, an opening 
for this particular basilica? Oh, it was it was exciting because if, if you go to the National Shrine, you see chapels from all different places. But our Mother of Africa chapel, it's simple but beautiful. And the history of it, um, we were at a Congress, mm-hmm. and part of the Congress was all everyone there. We went over and dedicated the chapel. It was a moving experience. And this past year, they had their 25th anniversary celebration, and uh, many people again gathered at the shrine. Anytime I go to Washington, I always make a visit to our Mother of Africa Chapel. There's a, a explanation of it if you go on the website for the Congress. We would encourage people to go read, learn the history of it because we we know as mothers, especially African American women, and our mothers and our grandmothers and our foremothers, they have led us in the struggle. So we look to Mary. We look to the strength to keep us and to help our hands to stay uplifted and that we pass on these graces and blessings to our children. And we look up to uh, our mother of Africa that as our patron uh, to understand uh, the middle passage mm. and why we, Sister Roberta and myself, why we are standing today because of this middle passage that it is, it is very painful uh, to think about, but yet we stand today because of the strength and determination of those who survived the Middle Passage. Now, if you're interested in learning more, there is an online source known as the Black Catholic Messenger. If you could uh, maybe, uh, maybe discuss that a little bit. Yes, the Black Catholic Messenger was founded, I believe, in 19... No, excuse me, in 2022. Yes. It was founded... Uh, we know one of the founders... And he's in seminary um, school. Nate Tenner. Nate Tenner. He's one of the founders. Um, and there's several others as well. The Black uh, Catholic Messenger was founded to really bring about voices among um, African-American Catholics. And they were to, uh, their really primary um, goal is to help to elevate the voices of many African-American Catholics in terms of our styles of worship, some of the issues that we pray for and continue to pursue um, in in our faith journey as African-American Catholics. And we also want to remind the Catholic faithful in the Diocese of Buffalo to view the um, slideshow of black Catholics in the Diocese of Buffalo as well as understanding some um, critical issues and also critical times of black Catholic history. So there is a slideshow that is available for viewing. Where can we find that? So you could find that um, going to our African American Commission newsletter uh, from the Office of Cultural Diversity, Social Justice. So when you go on to the... um, Western New York Catholic, or you go on to the Buffalo Diocese website, you should see a link to the African American Commission's newsletter. And the website for the diocese is buffalodiocese.org, simply buffalodiocese.org. Now, February, of course, is Black History Month, and we've had this great discussion. 
How many people out there do you think know that there's also a Black Catholic Month, that which comes up in, in November? I, I'll bet you that one, uh, a lot of people don't realize that. We, we're trying to make them aware of it because you're right. Uh, it's um, one of our leaders of that. Uh, he just passed away when we were talking about greats, Father Jim Good. And he was a Franciscan. And uh, we want people to just go on the Congress website or even if you just Google Black Catholics, you will get a history in the making. It will give you all the things that you need. And we, there are so many prominent black Catholics within the Diocese of Buffalo over the years and across the country. Black Catholic History Month is an opportunity to share. You know, we, we talk about black bishops. We are very proud of our black bishops. We have only currently five who are active, and we have six who are retired, but they are still making a, sp a special place in the church. Uh, some of you have heard of Bishop Braxton. He writes consistently about black Catholics and the racial divide and wanting to bridge that gap. And that as a, the Catholic Church and all about the social teachings of the Catholic Church. So Black Catholic History Month offers that opportunity for us to teach, preach, and evangelize. And we want to be about, we be, I believe there's hope that even though we say all these Catholics are leaving the Catholic Church, we're going to revive that spirit. That's the mm -hmm. Congress theme for this year. Prophetic vision, write the vision, ways to thrive. And we're, we're not going anywhere. We're going to thrive and bring our mm -hmm. young people along on the journey. And we ask that you join with us when we think about um, the coming months as we... Um, think about the month of Black Catholic History Month, we want you to join with us as we pray for the canonization of the saintly six, Servant of God, Sister Thea Bowman, Venerable Henriette Dillel, Venerable Pierre Toussaint, Servant of God, Mother Mary Lange, Venerable Father Augustus Tolton, and Servant of God, Julia Greeley. We'll keep those prayers going. And in the meantime, uh, I bring up November because we're not done here. Once we come to Black Catholic History Month, uh, we're going to be right back here having more conversations about this. And uh, we just wish to uh, invite you know, Catholics here in the Diocese of Buffalo and, and outside of Buffalo to, to come back and join us again this fall when we explore more about Black Catholicism here in the Diocese of Buffalo uh, and in the United States of America. Uh, Sister Roberta, Dr. Althea Porter, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, Michael. Michael. And we really appreciate this opportunity to pass along the faith and encourage black Catholics to come, reach out, and come back. We still have a place for you, and you're welcome at our churches. And once again, you can find out more information at buffalodiocese.org. My name is Michael Mrosiak. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.